0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Rundown. I will be your host today, Craig Deleuze, coming at you from the West Coast, the Left Coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. But as we all know, I do not do this program by myself.
1: No, my name is Mike Piewowarski. I come to you live from the East Coast. That's the Coast with the Most, with the Coast with the Most here on The Rundown, 2A Views, Conservative News. Craig, how was your weekend? It was, uh, well, it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, last <laughs> week we
0: had, uh, we had the COVID made the appearance for the first time in, in the Deleuze household. It ran roughshod through pretty much the entire house. Uh, so just kind of, you know, dealing with the, okay, I can't do this. I can't go there. You could go there, but I can't go there because I'm positive and you're negative and yada. Anyway, so we kind of did the COVID like, dance with, and I did the lawn. <laughs> you got like a like variant Zulu or something like that now? or Pretty much,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the Oma cold light. Yeah. This is this is the one where you wake up and you got in your hair's bad, you know you got the covid. Oh, I got bad hair day, it's covid Zulu. Well, it was here's how lame it was. I tested
0: positive last Monday and I was testing yep. negative by Wednesday. Yeah. It's good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a It's uh it's uh, it's uh, let's, let's give up 2 years of our lives, folks, for this. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But hey, guess what?
0: My antibodies are all bumped up now. So did you stay home and flatten your curve? Uh, I, you know what? Well, while I was testing positive, I did not go anywhere out of uh, out of respect for other people. Uh, once I was uh, once I was testing negative, uh, then I was out and about as normal,
1: doing everything short of trying to get the monkeypox. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was definitely short of trying to get the monkeypox. So what I'm saying, folks, is he went about his regular life without you know. Well, trying to get the monkeypox wouldn't be his regular life, but you still well, go out and protect in my yourself, regular right? life, I am not doing anything that would lead me to potentially catch the monkeypox. I know, and your wife writes me letters about that too, so. Yeah. <laughs> Complaining. <No>. Complaining. <laughs> anyway, folks, hey, thank you so
0: much for tuning in. However you're watching this, I encourage your friends to do the same, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble. Uh, you can watch it on Spotify, uh, you can also find us, you can listen to the audio version of the program wherever you get your podcast. So tune in uh, once again and encourage your friends to do the same. And by the way, make sure you support our sponsors.
1: That's right. Make sure you take a look at our good friends over at Hitman Industries. That's hitmanindustries.net, hitmanindustries.net. If you've gotten a AR in the past five or ten years, there's about 50% chance you've already got their product in your house. They're a barrel manufacturer. Let's see. Then we go to the California Republican Assembly. They are uh, they're fighting the fight, the good fight behind the Iron Curtain. And of course, if you want some, uh, you want some awesome tactical gear, go to uscombatgear.com.
0: Uh, That's right, folks. The links to all of our sponsors are in the description to this program. Please visit them. If you like what you see, uh, kick them down some some cash and uh, let them know that the guys over at the Rundown sent you. Let's jump right into it today, shall we? New York and New York, I know you're wondering, what exactly do they mean by this? And you know, what's happened today was, we have in a few areas, we have multiple stories that I just could not pass on, right? Uh, The first story you have here is in New York City, get a rope, uh, they have instituted some emergency rules in order for an individual to be able to get a concealed carry permit. Now, Mike, I have to admit, I did not get a chance to dig into the details of this, uh, of this, uh, of what the rules are. Uh, but I know that our good friend uh, John Richardson over at uh, uh, No Lawyers Only Guns and Money kind of broke it down. And uh, what did uh, what
1: did you what was your takeaway from this particular piece? Oh, I didn't read it either. I thought you were going to. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. In um, New York City, I, I don't know where and it's the NYPD that's decided this. They're the ones that make the rules for uh, the issuing of the firearms. Well, they're half of the of the decision-makers there, and we'll get into that. Uh, they have decided, you know, because they, they did – they had some modifications since brewing case, and it really hasn't gone anywhere. People have gotten the runaround because it's been uh, – let's argue, you know, uh, uh, a little bit, of you know, uh, to their credit, that it happened so fast they had no response for it. You know, they were looking at it ahead of time, but you – you didn't know what Bruin was going to say until Bruin came out, so they didn't know which provisions to drop and which to keep in and which to which to emphasize. So they finally came up with a plan, and their plan says, "Okay, you can go get your firearm." Uh, and the, the requirements are: you, you do not have to turn in a letter of necessity like you used to have to do. That was their their you know their valid reason clause, right? You had to have a good reason to have it. Um, you do not. Or you, you have to send a letter that says, I will get training. You have to send a letter that says, I will keep it stored safely. So, uh, the, you know, they've kind of really made it pretty simple to get right now. The only problem is you have to have your fingerprints done, right? Well, the NYPD doesn't do fingerprints. Well, they do, but you're going to Rikers if you get them done. Um, but they don't do civilian fingerprint applications. Many people don't know, Craig. There's this thing that, that exists called the New York city sheriff's department Uh, and, and they, they, they do, they serve like writs, uh, you know, or eviction notices, uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff, you know, civil, they serve the subpoenas around town. That's their job. They have no real, you know, active law enforcement role other than doing, you know, follow-ups and things like that. Um, But they're the ones that do the fingerprints. Well, they came out with a policy last week that said, we're stopping all fingerprints until september 1st and september 1st is when the new when is when the legislature there in new york is supposed to have a new set of rules to get your firearm so you have one agency telling you okay here's what you do to get it it's pretty simple you have another one saying that's fine but we're not giving fingerprints and then finally the legislature saying this all changes september (laughs) first So that so what that reminds
0: me of so I remember when my father got out of the military he was he was in the air force he was a trained electrician uh, this was right after World War II and he went to join the electricians union and uh, now while they did not discriminate on color at that time uh, your you were, in order to join the union your father had to be a member of the union well there was a problem okay. because prior <laughs> prior to when my father was born first of all my father my, my grandfather was not an electrician. But secondly, when he, if he had been an electrician at the age where he could have been at that point, they did not allow people of color or black people to become members of the union. So therefore he had a chance to join the union, but not really. Yes. And that's how this works. It's like you can get a permit. You just can't get the stuff you need to get a permit. Correct. It would be like saying you can buy a gun, uh, but you are not allowed
1: to buy ammunition. Yeah, I think this is even worse than that, right? <laughs> this, is, yeah, yeah. this is the promise of we're going to let you buy a gun, you know, but, yes. but but we're not going to let you, yeah. yeah. Exactly. We're going to make it really have for no... you to get a promise that we'll let you get yeah, a gun. Yeah, This is the, we're going to let you buy a gun. You just have to fill out the background form. Oh, I'm sorry. We're all out of background forms. Well, you know, Mike,
0: and see, now this is in the backdrop of the other New York story, and I don't know if you heard about this story. So there was a cabbie who was basically, uh, who was attacked and who was beaten, right? Uh, by an right. individual who quite frankly was supposed to be, at the time, he was basically, he was let out on a on a uh, early release program, right? Okay. And now you have the cabbie union. So we had a guy who was basically beat to death. And you have now the cabbies union is losing their minds with New York state politicians, basically telling them, look, you guys need to stop letting these guys who are committing crimes back out on the streets. But Mike, what's funny with what, what they refuse to acknowledge is these are the people who you keep giving your money to. These are the people you keep putting in office. At a certain point, yeah. you you knew this was happening and yet you just you you, you kept supporting those same politicians. And guess what? They're going to continue to support the same politicians.
1: Yeah, this is uh think back to the, you know, Trump's uh, 2016 uh you know, campaign pledge right he, he said to he said to black Americans African Americans they've been lying to you they've been lying to you 50 years what what, what do you got to lose vote for me uh because I'll be truthful with you and then look what happened you know some of the some of the greatest financial uh you know upswings and you know jobs uh, college uh, that happened to African Americans as well as all other minorities in this country because he didn't lie to them but they're so used to having being lied to Craig you know, listen it's just like you said you know well, uh, your father voted for them. Your grandfather voted for them. You can go back generations, and they've all voted for them because that's what we do. We're Democrats. Well, they're not voting for the Democratic Party anymore. Now they're voting for these individuals that go up there and do stupid stuff. If they were tied to the principles of the Democrat Party, all we'd be, you know, arguing about Craig is maybe a difference in foreign policy. You know, right? But right. Uh, it's it's instead, uh, you know, we you, this is what happens. You know, now you have generational of voting yourselves into, uh, into worse ways. Well, and you know, Mike, the worst part about it is they
0: do it under the guise of saying, well, you know what? We're just tired of, you know, black, young black men being disproportionately put in jail, right? Uh, but the problem is, is that that's because they're disproportionately committing crimes. And the, what they refuse to acknowledge is the victims of those crimes tend to also be Black people are people of color because, as we've always talked about, uh, statistics show people tend to attack their own. Like doesn't matter if white, black, Latino. Most people tend to victimize people of the same ethnicity. It's not a racial thing. It's just that's because you're going to victimize the people who are mostly around you. And while they're while they're totally concerned over this 20-year-old Austin Amos, who, quite frankly, should have been in jail, they ignore. Uh, the, the Guten, I will not even try to attempt to pronounce his last name, but, uh, he was the one who was beaten to death and robbed. Right. Uh, and that's who they, that's who they wind up forgetting is the fact that, that the victim, if you, if you really want to talk about supporting, you know, disproportionately, you know, people of color, black people being affected. Well, dude, how about this? How about their victims? How about focusing on protecting the victims of these crimes rather than the perpetrators of the crimes?
1: Uh, because because they don't care. Uh, remember, this is this is this is not their their target audience for nope. for, for, for for getting their getting the vote. This is Craig, This is not only black on black crime. This is black on black immigrant crime. Right. And I'm in Florida. This crime is not nobody. Nobody has the news of this. And, and I'm willing to bet. I know how you got this story because I gave you another New York story. And when you pulled up the New York paper, this one was the story right below it. Otherwise, you in California never would have known this story either. This is not the story they want us to know.
0: Well, I, I, I get the story because I, I spend the time perusing the news on the right and the left. And uh, anyway, so, but yeah, no, that's how I got the story. But that's how you, once again, there's not many outlets that are carrying both of these stories that are talking about yeah. these issues. And once again, you're, you're 100% right. I'll bet you the New York Times isn't covering this. I'll bet you the New York Daily oh, News no. isn't covering it. It's definitely probably not on the local TV stations uh, because, yeah. once again, they don't care. They don't, this is not a story they want to
1: tell. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, but however, Craig, if if perhaps this uh, cab driver had had himself a personal defense weapon, this wouldn't have happened. Well, exactly.
0: There you go. If he had had a personal defense weapon, uh, it wouldn't have happened. Although it would have been a whole different story because they would have been calling for him for shooting an unarmed black man.
1: <laughs> and yeah, true, you wouldn't see his picture, by caught- the way.
0: You wouldn't see him. They yeah. wouldn't tell you that he was also... Uh, a person of color an immigrant—they know they, because that didn't fit the narrative. Uh, they would make it seem yes. like a white cab, a white European cab driver shot in an unarmed black
1: man. That's right. Yeah, he's Macedonian or something like that. They would have said yeah. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly. That's why he's got a funny name. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, so these
1: are ex- one example
0: of things going. Now this is an example of things going two different directions in the same frigging city. Now going from coast to coast, you have California where I'm at, and then you have Florida where Mike is at. And uh, You have educational institutions heading two different directions, and uh, in uh, so in in the defense of California, or at least of UC Berkeley, this is not exactly an official policy of UC Berkeley, but there is a housing complex that is for UC Berkeley students. This is for student. This is off campus student housing, uh, and this is, a, this is a private company. Uh, but what they have done is, is that it's a co-op, and what they have done is banned off campus. Basically, banned white people uh, from their facility. So in other words, you cannot live there if you are a white person and if you are visiting, so you are visiting someone who is, uh, who does live there, you have to notify and get permission of the other residents before you can bring a white person home. Mike, (laughs) this, this is some crazy stuff. I mean, I cannot believe that, that in, in a place like that this is, that this is
1: actually a policy, and and most people don't care about it. I, yeah, I wonder, Craig, is there, it is there like a hotline or is it a help desk that you have to go to to you know apply to bring the white people home? Is that is that how does that work? They say it, you know, it doesn't give the for... specifics on how so... exactly you're
0: supposed to get permission.
1: Uh, it just says that you in the article that you are supposed to get permission. Person. uh let, let's be clear the way i under, understand the story you tell me this this is off-campus housing it is restricted yes. to students only but it's private it's not owned by the state so it's not uc berkeley doing this it's like it's, a pri- private it's like company. a private uh okay apartment complex yes okay now I, th- I still think there's pressure to lay on uc berkeley you go to them and say what's the deal Why do you have this relationship with them Why are you allowing this to happen but um yeah this is kind of this is kind of ridiculous right you know um we're going we're going just total 100 percent uh uh you know the opposite way of racism right we're now we're gonna we're gonna not only are we uh are we we coming the other way we're gonna now we're gonna ban white people no no white people around you know no whites allowed this is what the signs are gonna say um you know clearly a discriminatory policy this should be a simple you know walk down to the courthouse and get this kind of quash kind of thing right Oh, yeah. Well, it should be
0: a, it, it, a simple complaint to the to the local housing authority ought to resolve the problem, because once that comes out, then at, at, if not at the local state or state level, at the very least at the federal level, uh, this has got to become an issue. This has got to become an issue. And when you consider that we actually have a law in the books that, that doesn't allow for discrimination based on race or even policies based on race, you, you've got to figure that they have got to. Uh, enforce this. They've got to address this issue somehow. But the, the problem is, is that if there's one group that it appears to be okay to discriminate against, it's, it's white people, especially if you are a uh, straight white uh, Protestant male, uh, then it is okay to discriminate. It seems to, to be okay to discriminate against you in the most progressive parts of the state.
1: Yeah, and that's pretty clear that's happening in, in most of the progressive parts of the country as well, not just in your state. So, uh, uh, you know, we, we hear it all the time, right? The, how many times we got to hear the, the FUD jokes or the old fat white guy joke or whatever you want to call it. Um, it it's, it's the one that it's okay to you because it's politically incorrect for those people, for us people, the white people to respond. Well, Otherwise, exactly. we're racist. Because
0: if you do, yeah. if, you, if you claim you're not racist, then that, in fact, makes you racist. Yeah. That's right. It's, that's how
1: you say I'm racist, by the way. You say I'm not right. racist. Yeah, I'm not, that's I'm it. not racist. <laughs> yeah. that's I, it. I have I plenty have, of I other have, non-white what, friends. Some of my right. best friends are black. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly
0: right. Exactly. exactly. Right. That's yeah. how that That's yeah. how that stuff kind of works. Uh, yeah. Moving right yeah. along, we got Mara, more from Mar-a-Lago. Now, this was... Uh, we've heard people make statements that, uh, well, the president declassified uh, these documents already. Whereas a former White House aide, his name is Cash Patel... Uh, and uh, he has actually been the, one of the, the loudest uh, proponents of the of the of the uh, fact that the president that that things were that were in a box marked confidential were not in fact confidential that they actually had been uh, declassified. Now, Mike, I have not really read into how exactly the president goes about declassifying documents. But I do know that the big question on some of this may literally just come down to, you know, one, does he, does the president, did the president have the right to declassify documents? And number two, did he follow through on that process with these documents? But number three, is that, is that really the reason that, that all of this is going on? Because if that's it, that's not the smoking gun that they're claiming that they have.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, they claim they have this smoking gun, and, and, and they do they do not. Um, uh, you know, there is there is nothing there. It's a giant nothing burger, as the former president would have would have said. Um, Craig, you know, I want to address that. Uh, you're seeing reports that the president uh, there was a there was a group of people that widely knew of his declassification, uh, you know, techniques or policies. Um, and you see, you're hearing from a number of people that are saying, "Oh, that's not true. I never heard that. That's true. I never heard that." And, and so, my response to that is. Well, maybe you weren't in that group of people. Uh, he didn't say how large that group of people was. He said there was a group of people. It might have been a very small group of people that included Cash. You know, it it might not have included everybody else because you know they belong to the swamp. You know, and he didn't want them in that group. You know, maybe maybe that's the reason. Uh, let me go over some uh, some declassification rules. Right, uh, if you want to have to declassify an item, let's say I'm in possession of some top secret information and I want to get it declassified. The only way for me to get it declassified is go to the authoring source and have them declassify it or the next higher echelon to have it declassified. So, all right, if I'm middleman, Craig, let me make sure I got this clear. I got this top secret information that we really need to make, make known in order to do whatever we want to do. Uh, I can't declassify it. I have to get the person who authored the, the item to declassify it or their bosses, a higher echelon above that. It's that simple to get declassification. Craig, do you know what the highest echelon would happen to be in our, uh, our government and executive branch? Uh, I, I believe that would be the president of the United States. That would be the president of the United States. If he wanted to go around a room like Oprah declassifying things, i declassify this, i declassify that, i declassify that. Guess what? They're declassified. Just because it still has a stamp on it that says mm-hmm. TSSCI, well, I'm not going to go reprint another one without it, Okay. You you put a little you're supposed to put a little line through it and initials or something like that. That's it. That's all there is to it. He could walk around the White House all day long and say, I declassify, and guess what? Legally, it's declassified. Right. Well,
0: I'm my point is I'm sure that there is a process for that. And I would yes. l- at least like to know what that process is and did he do it? I believe he did, because otherwise, what was the yeah. point of taking those documents of, of of taking them, of having them? Why would you put yourself in that situation?
1: What what I think he did. Um, And I've seen this uh, story comparing to what he did to what uh, the vice president did. Uh, The vice president, when he declassified certain documents for his national uh, archives, for his not for national, for his uh, personal library, you know, stuff that was going to be cataloged by national archives at his possession. He went through the manual and wrote each item out and put it in a log and or probably typed it or had his secretary type it. And they sent that forward. right. Because. Mike Pence has got, what, 40 years of government service, right? Right. So he knows all about classifying and declassifying products. Um, The president, however, what do we like best about him? What's the reason this guy got elected? Because he wasn't a member of the government. So maybe he didn't follow step one, two, three in their manual. But guess what? It's his name at the bottom of the manual, right? If he decides this is the method I'm choosing to declassifying, it's declassified. It's, It's that simple. Well, yeah. Once again,
0: did he follow the process? Didn't he? I, I look. My thing is, is none of this process, rises to none know? of this rises to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. No, uh, the sort of stuff that would require a, a a raid on the former president's house.
1: No, absolutely not. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, it is insane. No. It is stupid. Uh, speaking of insane. stupid, Dennis Rodman is back in the news. Uh, Dennis Rodman has said that uh, he plans to go on over there to uh, to Russia and get. And seek the release of Brittany Griner. <laughs> For those, she is the uh, she is the WNBA basketball player uh, who was basically caught with uh, some stuff, some uh, uh, hashish uh, in her luggage, and uh, and as a result is now going to be serving. She was sentenced to nine years in Russian prison, and uh, we've been negotiating to release. For her release, and we've been offering up, uh, you know, terrorists and criminals and all of that, in order to release a WNBA basketball player who uh, who doesn't want the national anthem played uh, at
1: WNBA games. Um, you know, you know, here's uh, here's my impression also of uh, how President Biden is negotiating with Russia. You know, they tell him no, and he's like, "How about now? No. How about now? No. How about now? No." I think they're doing that back and forth every day because it's going nowhere. Uh, you know, and I brought this story up, Greg, cause I, I thought there might be a laugh or two in it, but I have to tell you, I think this is a good thing uh, for Dennis Rodman and for the country. Now, obviously I don't, I don't, I don't care about this with this woman in jail, as long as she's treated humanely and they don't beat or abuse her. She broke the law. She should, she should be in prison. It just happens to be in their prison. Um, now, Dennis Rodman, I, I know the worm is is still, you looked at and looked upon by a lot of people like, look at this goofball, what's he doing now? He has become quite the statesman, all right? Um, how, how, many, how many countries has he gone to now to do outreach and rescue missions, including North Korea? He's, a, I would legitimately, if I had to say... I would legitimately call him a statesman at this point with his ability to go to countries with that reputation to sit with the head of these countries and have these conversations. Tell me, besides a Michael Jordan who just wants to go and shake some hands, tell me some other NBA player that would have that power to do that, a uh, former
0: NBA player. The, the point of allowing Dennis Rodman to come is to basically poke fun at the United States, and, and in the end... Uh, where but now where it winds up where don't it can be that. a potential benefit is it can wind up making our leadership look stupid because uh they would re- they release her to him instead of to our president, it makes our president look stupid, not Dennis Rodman. And see, so if I, he's I willing to take I, I advantage disagree. of that in order to get the release uh of of, 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 of Brittany Griner, okay. Um I happen to think if you commit a crime in a foreign country and you know you,
1: you ought to be careful about committing crimes in foreign countries how about that <laughs> i agree and i started that out i started out by saying that i think that she should be yeah. you know over there she's not over there as a political prisoner she's there because she broke their local laws um i i, I understand that and i get that um maybe there's some sort of hardship thing you know if you you know she's so got young children at home or something like that i, I could see petitioning that that way family could visit you know uh along those lines but that's not the case here all right right um my, my, the point I'm, I'm trying to make with this story was that um, I, I believe Dennis Rodman is a legitimate statesman at this point. You tell me, uh, you really believe that. let's See, now, him, when he went to North Korea, nobody had gone to North Korea before. When he went to North Korea, he got in there. He paved the way, he sat down with that wacko to where our president could go and sit down with that wacko. And 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 then our president was the first president to set foot in North Korea since before there was a North Korea. Right? Right. Uh, and I, I listen as goofy as he is. Listen, we, we send Carter around every once in a while when we can still wheel him out, right? How great a president mm-hmm. was he? You know, uh, right. you could be, It's I think it's possible to become a statesman. Afterwards, we've seen both George Bush the first do that. We saw Joe, Bill Clinton do that. Remember when they went to uh, to where the where the flood was the uh, the tidal wave uh, was? Uh, um, oh boy. Uh, I forget where well, they did the flood relief over there. They went okay. and became statesmen. They go all around they go around the world, talk to foreign leaders. They're kind of like the unofficial ambassadors that the president will send when there's an issue that he probably personally shouldn't get involved in, but he sent on their behalf. I believe Dennis Rodman has become one of those people. Wow. That, that is a sad
0: state of our foreign affairs. <laughs> <laughs> that does not speak well of our of our of our foreign affairs. Let me just say.
1: Well, listen. I mean, now now can you are you telling me he's a he's a, he's not a smart man? Are you telling me he's uh, he's not capable of making a decision on his
2: own?
0: Um, I'm telling you that uh, I don't take Dennis Rodman seriously as a statesman. no. okay, I don't because I tend to I actually we all know it's okay listen to, to what wrong. he says, and half of it is nonsense. The other half is gibberish.
1: Right. Now I, I don't think he's over there ne- negotiating, you know, nuclear trade deals. Okay, mm-hmm. but he is a person that can get access to this country and to their leader and sit down and say, "My president would really like to talk to you," and they're going to hear him. That makes you a statesman by definition. Okay,
0: I'll, I I will I will allow you to have your definition. <laughs> We know
1: that we're allowed to disagree and we all yes. know that you've been wrong before. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Moving right along, uh, talking about statesmen, I know someone who is not a statesman or at least statesman in the terms of the ability to uh, speak uh, and render That's thought cute. coherently. Uh, and uh, th- this individual would happen to be our president. Um And this is just the most recent uh, conglomeration of uh, of Biden isms uh, that have come out. But I I find it to be uh, highly entertaining as well as saddening at the same time. So I guess if this guy can be president and be considered a statesman, uh, then Dennis Rodman can be considered
1: uh, a statesman or maybe could potentially be president. You know, based on this level of comparison, we get all these things, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let's let's the bar a bit as to
0: what a statesman is. Here we go. Do <laughs> yep. you Best think Joe Biden is fit to
2: be president? If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, from from uh, uh, char, excuse me, from Charlotte, one uh, another line going from in Florida down to tampa of uh, putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah america is a nation that can be defined in a single word i was gonna put him uh, the foot, foot the idea that um los angeles and uh, and uh um, uh um what am i doing here for two reasons one to we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, uh, um, let me say another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what the, you can do, the drivers. We want to expand P- pre-K for three- and four-year-olds, millions of pre-care
0: Yeah, that's, uh, that is our current president of the United States. Um, and, you know, while, <laughs> like I said, we, if that is the standard by which we are going to measure a statesman, then, yes, Dennis
1: Rodman can be considered to be a statesman and yet he's gone to north korea and you haven't i'm just saying i'm just saying so let's- hey if i had his <laughs>
0: basketball skills
1: i would have i would have been able to go to north korea doesn't make me a statesman <laughs> it, it, it makes you the hold on the deliverer of messages from one executive to another yeah i don't i honestly doubt that that's, the that's president of
0: the united state. states is well let me trump maybe i doubt that uh, i doubt that uh, biden administration is Passing messages through Dennis Rodman to foreign leaders.
1: I, uh, you know, um, uh, George Bush, uh, a W used Jimmy Carter to pass messages. You know, that's what you do. I, once again, Jimmy Carter, party,
0: yeah. bad president, but you could consider him to be a statesman. Anyway,
1: uh, yeah.
0: let's do this before we head out, man. Let's give another <laughs> that was, shout out. I was the sponsors. on defense
1: though. know, yeah, I'm sorry. A little basketball joke. Uh, Let's talk uh, Hitman Industries, hitmanindustries.net, hitmanindustries.net. Make sure you uh, reach out to them and get you a uh, – now you can order your own individual barrel parts. And they have more than just barrel parts, so check them out, hitmanindustries.net. Our good friends in the California Republican Assembly fighting the fight there. And then, of course, get your uh, tactical gear at uscombatgear.com. Uh,
0: That's
1: right, folks. Check them out,
0: visit them, tell them that we sent you – With that, we're going to call it a day. We very much appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you liking and sharing the program and encouraging your friends to do the same. We will see you tomorrow on Taco Tuesday. Tuesday.